I go against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gets up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 10. Well, it had to happen sometime. Yeah, we eventually got to 10 with the way we count. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm Chuck. And uh, Chuck, yeah, we finally made it to Episode 10. Uh, I'm amazed. <laughs> yeah. I'm you amazed. S- you start with Episode 0, then you got all these specials. Episode half. Right. Well, and the thing that's funny about it is we actually had more, for a while there, we had more non-numbered episodes yeah, than we more, actually had numbered episodes. More specialty episodes than there was regular right. episodes where we cover the comic books in the regular format. So uh, so this is actually kind of a special, monumental episode, in a way. Yeah, we finally made it to ten. Yeah. Double digits. Yeah. So we got some special things for this episode. So we're excited. Yeah. Should be a good time. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to since last time we recorded? Let's see. Nothing. No. <laughs> no, um... We mentioned previously on the last episode that uh, we had ordered some toys from different places because they had sales on for the 4th of July. I got my box in, and it was pretty nice. It got all that stuff. It arrived nice and safely, so that was nice and cool. And I got a, I got a Zan and Gina okay. uh, for a really good deal. It was 44 bucks just for those two. That was without the Gleek. The Comic-Con exclusive? Right. Yeah. But normally those are going for like 50, 60 bucks, so to get it for like 40 bucks... Uh, really good deal. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. yeah, I picked up a bunch of Masters of the Universe 2000 and X uh, figures. Also picked up the GI Joe Invasion of Cobra Island seven pack, just the Joe figures. So that was like twenty one bucks at Big Bad Toy Store. So I picked that up. It was pretty nice. Very nice. Also, I, re- I recently went and saw the movie Predators. <clears throat> oh, how was that? It was pretty awesome. I, I think it went back to what made the original one good. I mean, it's not going to beat the first movie. Yeah, the first one's just a classic. But uh, Adrian Brody, I thought, did a, a great job. He kind of plays the badass in it okay. a little bit. He's he's the mercenary that kind of knows... The merc. Yeah, he kind of knows how to manage himself in the jungle and everything. Surprising characters or actors in it, they had Lawrence Fishburne in it. Which, oh, yeah? And he plays a really awesome role. He's not in it for very long, but still a really cool cool role. I wish he had been in it longer. Anybody from the original make a cameo? No, no, no one other than the Predator. Well, yeah. <laughs> Other than that guy. <laughs> right. But no, Topher Grace, who was on that 70s show, Okay, he actually plays a character in it also. He plays this doctor, and there's kind of a surprise twist with him that you kind of find out why he's on this planet and everything. Okay. So I don't want to give anything away, but... Yeah, don't wreck it. He ends up making a really cool... Ends up being a really cool character. Actually ends up being my favorite character in it uh, because of the role that he ends up playing. So Okay. So I, I recommend going and seeing it if, you're, if you like the Predator franchise. So. Yeah, nice, nice. So... Uh, well, we have a lot to cover this yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. A uh, lot, of, lot of great things. So we're going to cover some toy reviews. I mentioned we were going to do the Blackest Night figures uh, yeah. that I got from WonderCon. Yeah, just a little slight note on that. Rock, we have not forgot about the toy review from the samples you sent us. That is going to be in the next episode. Right. So we're still doing it. Haven't forgot about it. This was planned before. Right, exactly. We already had it done. Yeah, so we're probably going to do some of Rock's toys that he sent into <coughs> us probably in episode 11. Probably, Or yeah. 12, depending on time and everything else, but it'll be coming very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. Uh, we got some issues to cover, Yeah, which we recently just got through DCBS, and we actually made, a, we made a point to read them and have a review ready for them. Well, there weren't too many of them. No, not a lot. About four or five. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, you have a special interview that we won't reveal who it is yet, but... Yeah, for our special episode number 10, I was able to track down a little celebrity here, and uh, we're going to do our first Star Joe's interview. Very cool, and... Uh, 
Then we're also going to, uh, what else are we coming? Oh, we also have a big battle royale that we're planning out. Yeah, we kind of stole an idea from our buddies over at uh, ETM Exploring the Multiverse, where they had a list of characters, the well-known characters, uh, Superman versus Thor, and they did the whole DC versus Marvel thing. But they used top-tier characters, and we're like, we're not a top-tier show. <laughs> so we're going to do bottom-tier characters, and it's going to be called the undercard. <laughs> right. So we'll give you a list of characters. Uh, there's ten different ones, ten Marvel, ten DC but they're the lesser-known characters, and we'll give you a little background on where you can find them at. You can do a little research on them. There'll be a poll where you can actually go on and vote for what character you want to win. Or which one you think would win. Which one you think would win if they were to pair up and fight in battle. And to be fair with each other, so this way we weren't picking actually good characters for ourselves, I picked Marvel characters for Chuck, and Chuck picked DC characters for me. Yeah, I'm going to defend the Marvel Universe, and Ryan, you'll defend the DC Universe, right. but... I actually handpicked the DC characters you would defend, right? And you handpicked the Marvel characters I would defend to ensure their crappiness. Exactly. And the only stipulation was that it was a character that had to have a superpower. Yeah, they had to have a superpower. Nobody with like they're good in a fight with their fisticuffs and a crack shot, right? They had Not, to have some kind of uh, extraordinary superpower, right? So this way we wouldn't end up with like Robin versus Superman, you know, something like that. Yeah, where he could just break him in half, right? So. But those two wouldn't make the undercard anyway. Right, exactly. So we're actually the undercard for exploring the multiverse. <laughs> Maybe. Although, to be fair, we came up with this idea before we even saw that episode. We're just so lazy we didn't get around to it. But Chuck likes to give credit to other shows when it's not necessary. Wow. <laughs> so Send your hate mail to Ryan at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. So we're going to cover who is in that undercard in a little bit. But first, let's go into the Jedi Holocron, where we can go into some of the fan questions and everything else, or listener questions. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. All right, uh, let's go into the uh, Jedi Holocron. Jedi Holocron. All right, uh, Chuck, if you didn't notice, uh, OU812 actually uh, dressed up a little bit for this episode. I noticed he had a little uh, tuxedo going on there, a little spiffy there, buddy. I I like that. I thought it was a little bit more formal. Yeah. And then we showed up in shorts. Uh, I know. We, we got shorts on. We're rocking the shorts. So he's a little pissed. It's kind of hot here. Uh, we're actually recording this at about yeah, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And it's already like, I think, 84, 85 degrees, which yeah. is kind of hot for us. So It's a good time. It's not bad. It's only going to get hotter. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's over there sweating his oil off of this <laughs> tuxedo. So, but you look good, buddy. You look good. Right. Exactly. Don't give me that look. <laughs> you look good. Ah, whatever. We did have some new listeners, some new posters, and, and everything else. Other so, than us? Other than us, right. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I, I count for at least 20 of our listenings. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we actually had uh, someone show up on the forums who is not new to the forums, but new to our forum. Oh, yeah? Which is Brian Riccio. Okay. Who is Brian Roberts from the Geek Savants and the 2-Bit Podcasters. Right. You can uh, actually check out their podcast at the 2bitgamers.com, which is, it's the number two. Yeah, number two. In there. Uh, so it's the two. As opposed to two. the letter two. Well, instead of T-W-O. St- instead of T-W-O. Or T-O-O. T-O. <laughs> or T-U. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Two? That's, that's how you spell two? T-U. T-U. T-U? Well, well in Germany. In Germany. Yeah, yeah that's there's, true. There's T-O, T-O-O, T-U, T-W-O, and... Yeah. I took German for a while, dude. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. I took, uh, I took two years of Spanish and two years of Latin. I took three years of Spanish because I had to in grade school. Okay. And then in... Did you go to grade school in the hood? <laughs> no. In grade school, I went to a Catholic grade school and they required us to take Spanish. 
Oh, wow. Uh, so then I went to high school. I thought they would have required you to take Jesus. <laughs> that too. Okay. Small <laughs> we, doses. We, but we learned Lord. it in Spanish. Oh. Say hablo, Lord. <laughs> so, but then when I got to high school, I actually uh, <clears throat> didn't want to take Spanish anymore, so I picked German. I don't know why. Yeah, good call. I took German in high school, and then I continued it in college because I had to have a language requirement in college. It's a little bit better than what I took. I took Latin, which was a dead language. Right. Nobody speaks it. But it helps you decipher where words came from. True. So that's cool. Going back to Brian. Yeah, off of the English episode. So that was our English section. (laughs) Brian's been posting a lot lately, so thank you very much, Brian. And we have a new country. Oh, yeah? Uh, Brazil. Nice! Which I almost wanted to attribute to Brian also. El Carnival. (laughs) Right. Uh, The reason why I almost want to attribute that to Brian also is because I think if memory serves... He's Brazilian? No. But if memory serves me right... Is he waxed? No. No? No, he's a hairy man. (laughs) He doesn't have the Brazilian wax? No. You should get one. Do you ever see what Brian looks like? Not not really, no. He's a very hairy man. Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, the reason why I attribute Brazil to Brian almost is because... I think, if memory serves me right, Brian's wife is Brazilian. Nice. He actually, I think he met her in Brazil, or I don't know how, how that worked hey, out. Hey, good for you, dude. Yeah, so. Rock that. Little Latino lover. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, well, so, wouldn't it be Brazilian lover instead of Latina? I don't know. Send us the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Correct us on that. I don't yeah. know. Um, Not to insult your lovely wife. I'm sure she's lovely. Right, but maybe he told her family down there to, hey, listen to these guys. Could be, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Ah, who knows? All right, so uh, then we also had another listener that emailed us. Okay. This is David. Oh, hey, David. What's going on, buddy? So he said, uh, hi, guys. My name's David. I'm from Harlan, Kentucky. Hi, David. I'm Chuck. I'm from Chicago, (laughs) Illinois. But currently from Cleveland, Ohio. But living in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> well, he might not be, you know, living in Kentucky now. I don't. Know. I assume he wouldn't tell us where he's from if he's not still living there. <laughs> Good point. It's still, like I said, it's early for us. We need to record at night. It's early for you. I'm, no, it's early for you. I you normally get up with the kids early. They usually wake me up. Yeah, but I'm the awake one here. True. So anyways, getting back to his email. Okay. He goes, I really enjoy your podcast. Came across it recently. I downloaded episode zero. Nice, a classic. Yes. He said, I enjoyed it, so uh, I enjoyed it, so I downloaded all of them. They're only getting better. Yeah, exactly. I actually think they are getting better. I don't know. Yeah, we got better music. Well, yeah. the first couple episodes, we rocked a little bit of Billy Idol, so that right. was pretty good. But it was kind of crappy as far as the yeah. sound quality, so. Now we got a theme song. All right, I'm going to finish this email. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> said, I'm really glad to do the comic, uh, you do the comics reviews and recaps because... Uh, where I live, where I currently live, uh, he says I can't get comics. He says I'm a huge fan of G.I. Joe and Star Wars. Both uh, have contributed to his designs. He says he's a t- uh, tattoo artist. Oh, nice, really. So he says I tried to post on the forums but seem to be having a problem to get it to work. And he says my screen name, if I get it to work, is going to be Techno Viper. Techno Viper, G.I. Joe guy. <laughs> so he said thanks for your uh, time, guys, and good work. So Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, we appreciate the email. Uh, yeah, once you get everything rolling here... Post some samples of your art. I was actually thinking about getting a tattoo. Yep. I'm currently uninked. I am as well, but I'm not going to get inked. I'm thinking about it. So, I have to be really drunk. We could do that. <laughs> you yeah, my face on your back or something. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I actually emailed David back to let him know who to contact for the uh, forums and everything else. For you guys listening, if you're still having problems getting on the forums, you're going to want to contact Peter Rios with the Comic Geek Speak guys, and his email address is just. Peter at ComicGeekSpeak.com, and he'll fix you up. So, yeah, you had to be totally refixed. I just had to get a password reset. Yeah. 
So try a password reset, see if that works first. But if it can't find you... But if you, you can't do that, then you got to contact him to see if he yeah. can... Uh, but he'll, he'll get you set up. So anyways, going into some of the questions now. Yeah. Brian... Of Brian Riccio. Of Brian Riccio. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> he, uh, he asked, uh, when will you be doing a mask episode? Because you should do one. Soon. <laughs> that is the answer, soon. The unofficial answer is soon. Uh, we both like masks. Um, we both want to do it. But it's, it's, it's along those other lines of, uh, we want to do a Thundercats episode, a Masters of the Universe special episode, a mask episode, a Voltron episode. So it's really just finding Robotech. time. Robotech. There's a lot of things we want to do. Well, uh, here's here's what I would say. For this episode, if you guys want to... Because our next plan was... We're obviously going to do a Masters of the Universe episode. We have to. We have to. We're, the next one after that we were planning on doing was a Thundercats episode. But we could be swayed. But here's the thing. If Same you guys, cash. Yeah, if you guys... <laughs> if you guys post on the forum for this thread and tell us that you want to hear Mask before Thundercats... We'll do Mask. We'll do Mask then. If not, I actually was thinking we would probably do Mask after Thundercats. Yeah, so, or Voltron. Well, yeah, but Mask seems to be pretty popular with a lot of people. I don't know. We'll find actually, out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll go alphabetical. We'll put a poll up, maybe. Yeah, we could do that. We can do another Chuck's poll. Yeah, you guys can climb my poll. <laughs> so we'll leave it up to you guys. Yeah, but Mask is definitely in the future. It is definitely something we looked at doing, or we're looking forward to doing. So it is, it is coming. Yeah. Stay tuned. And speaking of polls, also. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't speaking of polls, but go ahead. As far as future episodes, we also have a poll up there. I think it was kind of missed on the forums, but we have a poll up as far as what hyperspace reviews would you like to see us do in the future? Do you want us to do the Marvel G.I. Joe comics? The and Marvel? That's, that's us reviewing older comic books that were out before. Right. So we could pick a, a, a series of comic books that were out before about... G.I. Joe, Thundercats, Marvel, yeah, well, whatever you well, want to do. Well, the Thundercats, I figured we save for the Thundercats episodes, but... Well, there were different ones out there. There were the ones true. in the 80s and the ones that yeah. recently came out but we're gonna do more than we're going to do more than one Thundercats episode. Well, hell yeah. So, um, but as far as our main show, our main show seems to fo- mostly focuses on Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Transformers. So there's, They have current issues out there. Right. So. There's Marvel runs on all three of those, and then there were later runs of all three of those. True. So all six of those... Runs are on the poll on the forums. Yeah, just uh, vote. Click. So vote which one you'd like, and then tell us maybe if you have an idea of how we should format it. If you have a preference, otherwise we'll just pick what we want to do. True. So, and it'll all be Masters of the Universe. I'll turn this into a He-Man podcast. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brian had another yes, question. I will. <laughs> no, he won't. Yes, I will. Brian had another question. He, oh, part which, two, Brian. Go which ahead. Which was. Directed more towards me, but he said, "Ryan, are you in any?" I'll way- just leave. <laughs> he said, "Ryan, are you in any way related to Carlton Cuse, producer from Lost and Briscoe County Junior? Because your voice is almost the same." Well, are you? No. <laughs> the short and sweet is no. <laughs> Would I like to be? Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah, boy! <laughs> no, I mean, I guess that's flattering in a way. That but does, yeah. but yeah, I'm not related to him. I would love to be related to him. I love Lost, so well, sure you do. I thought about coming on the show and saying, yeah, you know that Richard Alpert episode? I was the one that wrote that because of my relationship. Oh, that's your pen name? Right. Yeah, but, nice. uh, Good call. but no, I'm, I'm not related to Carlton Cuse, but uh, thanks, I guess. Because I, <laughs> I, I know you're a fan of Lost in Bristol County Junior, so... There you go. But no. Yeah, but no, I'm not related to him. Then we had uh, Scott emailed us, uh, and he had a question. He says, I'm in the middle of episode seven. He says, I know I'm a bit behind. That's okay. He goes, Catch up when you can. Exactly. 
said, uh, Ryan, I be- believe you mentioned that IDW is putting out a hardback collection of the Transformer stories in chronological order. Do you know what the title of the collection is? I'm not seeing a reference to it where I've looked. Thanks for the info, and keep up the good work, enjoying the show a lot. Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad you like the show. Uh, the title is actually Missing in Action. <laughs> we can't find it. I ordered that thing well in advance. It was supposed to come out in May originally. Then it was postponed to June. June. And then And I, I don't know where it's at right now because it should have been in our DCBS order for June. Yeah, and, and it's I didn't, not. And it's not. Yeah. But when I go on to Amazon.com, it's listed there as if it's available and not pre-order. Yeah, so I don't. I, we really don't know. So I don't know. So I'll, I will look into it. I couldn't really find anything initially, but I didn't do a lot of research. But it is coming. Now, what it's called, it's just called IDW Transformers Collection. Yeah. Volume 1. That's all it's called. Yeah, so that's it. And it's got Megatron on the cover. And Volume 2 was already out for pre-order on DCBS. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and back to our uh, new friend uh, David, who's in Kentucky, right? Yeah. If you're having a hard time finding comic books around your area, DCBS service will hook you up with your comics and deliver them to your house. I let him know about that. That's awesome. I uh, contacted him and he actually emailed back saying thank you very much for the... Uh, for a discounted rate, David. Yeah, that's the great thing about it. That's how we get ours. You get them delivered to your house Yeah, and they're most of them are like 40% off. Yeah, they're really really off, reasonable. Yeah, off the cover price. And then if it's like a newer issue or a special issue, a lot of times there's special deals where that issue is like 99 cents. Yeah, we've got a few of those before. So, I mean, you can get a ton of comics for a lot less. Which or, in this economy is great. Yeah. Or you can spend the same amount you were spending before, but get almost twice the amount of comics. Either way. So, all right. So that was all of our uh, feedback and questions. Why don't we, while we're here, why don't we go ahead and talk about our list of Battle Royale undercart okay. characters. So yeah, we can do that. We actually drew these at random because who knew who to match up with who. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't have any... So we just kind of drew names out of a hat. Right. So, so that's that's the battle. You fight this guy, you're this this opponent, here yeah, you go. So it's not like we're expecting these to be great matchups, but... They are what they are. But they are what they are. So so our first matchup was Black Tom Cassidy versus Airwave 2. Okay. So you want to tell us where Black Tom first appeared? Uh, Black Tom actually appeared in X-Men Volume 1, number 99. Okay. So if you guys want to do a little research on who this guy is... Right, and we're going to get a little bit more background when we actually do the battle. Yeah, but just we're just going to give you guys enough time to give figure you, out who they are. Yeah, and give you enough time to vote, uh, so you can see your results, who would win, who you think would win, and then you can see our results and have us, you know, defend and debate these. Exactly, uh, Airwave Two, because there was an Airwave One. Of course, there was. <laughs> Airwave Two first appeared in Green Lantern number one hundred in January of nineteen seventy eight. And his real name is Hal Jordan. He was named after his cousin, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. There you go. So I thought I'd throw the na- his actual name in there just because it was... Unique. Hey, don't get confused. He's not GL. Right, exactly. All right, uh, number two matchup we had was Anaconda versus Heckler. Okay, yeah. Anaconda is actually a Marvel character. Uh, Marvel 2-in-1, number one. There you go. So that's where the first appearance of that character is. And uh, Heckler first appeared in the Heckler number one. Go figure. <laughs> and that was September of 1992. Okay. Uh, the next matchup we had was The Lizard versus Agent Liberty. Okay. Uh, the Lizard is actually a Marvel character, Spider-Man character. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, number six. Okay. Was the first appearance of The Lizard. And I had uh, Agent Liberty, and his first appearance was Superman number 60, 
back in October of 1991. Uh, our next matchup was Bird Brain versus Dolphin. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Bird Brain is actually a Marvel character. Uh, first appearance was The New Mutants, issue number 56. Okay. Dolphin, who is hot... Dolphin first appeared in, <laughs> yeah. First appeared in showcase number seventy nine in January of nineteen sixty nine. Okay. Uh, our next matchup was Squirrel Girl versus Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's that could be the one there, guys. So Squirrel Girl, the Marvel character, uh, Marvel Superhero Special, Volume Two, Number Eight. <laughs> so again, I'll repeat that. Marvel Superhero Special, Volume Two, Number Eight. Uh, and Little Mermaid appeared in Super Friends, number 9, uh, December of 1977. Right. If anybody buys any of these issues, my God. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. Uh, our next matchup was Jubilee versus Aqua Girl. Okay. And Jubilee was actually the Uncanny X-Men, number 244. Okay. Aqua Girl, this is actually the Tula Aqua Girl, because there's a current Aqua Girl. Yeah, not the current one. Not the current one, the old, old classic one. Uh, she first appeared in Aquaman number 33, June of 1967. Yeah, the one without the powers. No, she has powers. <laughs> she I has do. to have powers or she can't be in the contest. Well, you lose. <laughs> so the next matchup is Banshee versus Ice Maiden. Okay, uh, Banshee for Marvel appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 28. And then we have uh, Ice Maiden, who first appeared in Super Friends number 9, December 1977, but didn't appear in the DC Universe continuity until... October of 1985, which was in Who's Who number nine. There you go. So then we have Leech versus Black Adam. You're, yeah. You're dead on this one. <laughs> I'm pretty much sure, yeah. I might use the Masters of the Universe Leech on this one. Just <laughs> no, to you're not. Make it compatible. All right, the Marvel uh, character was an Uncanny X Men number 179. Okay. And actually, when you do your research on Leech, you might actually find out he might be a little bit better than you thought he was against Black Adam. Okay. So. So, Black Adam first appeared in Marvel Family number 1, December of 1945. I still can't believe you gave me him. Yeah, but good luck tracking it. Well, I didn't want it to be a bunch. There was supposed to be one decent, halfway decent character in there. Okay, I didn't do that for you. Well, Jubilee's <laughs> not bad. I mean, Jubilee's not bad. Um, no, nah, you have some decent ones. Once you do the research, you'll find out you have a couple decent yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean, the Lizard's not bad. Right. He's good. So, number 9 we have is The Adversary versus Dr. Destiny. Uh, yeah, and again, Adversary, uh, a lot of X-Men comics here. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number 188. Okay. Dr. Destiny, which I love your notes when you gave this to me, you said he looks like Skeletor. He does. <laughs> he does, though. He first appeared in Justice League of America number 5, July of 1961. That's why I picked him, because he looked like Skeletor. I figured that was the case. All right. Number 10 matchup, so our last matchup. Last match- matchup on the undercard. It's uh, Armadillo versus Comet. The Dillo versus the Comet. Uh, Armadillo was actually in Captain America, volume number one, issue number 308. Okay. And Comet first appeared in Supergirl number 14, October of 1997. And yes, it's the Supergirl Comet, not the really cool Captain Comet No, no, not that one. Yeah. The lesser of the two. When I saw Comet on the list, I was like, oh, that'll be a good one. And I saw it was the Supergirl Comet. I'm like, oh, okay. That that sucked. (laughs) Disappointed. All right, so uh, we want to go into the reviews now? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. All right, uh, so let's go into our From Springfield to Tatooine. From Springfield to Tatooine. 
All right, uh, not too many issues, Chuck. Just uh, six issues. Yeah. So. Two Star Wars, two Joe, and two Transformers. Yeah, nice little balance there, finally. I know. All right, uh, do you want to go ahead and start off with the uh, G.I. Joe issues there? Yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and take the point here. All right, uh, first one we'll be covering is G.I. Joe Origins number 17. If you remember, it's the Zartan Part 2 issue here. Okay, so we, this is uh, Dixon and Cal. Mm-hmm. So what we actually have here is um, our first, when we open the book up right away, we see our first full-on view of Cobra Commander. So well, the, if you don't count the G.I. Joe Cobra issue where he first appears. No, I mean, this is the first one as he appears, you know, kind of in full, like, you know, yeah. character. He appeared in G.I. Joe Cobra. No, nah, it was like a slight behind, like a headshot behind No, because if you remember right, in the last page of the one issue, when Chuckles wakes up, he's standing right there at the end of the bed, full figure. I don't Everything. remember. Yeah. But either way. I like correcting you, so. Of course you do. <laughs> it's what you live for. <laughs> so anyways. Okay, and we find out Zarkan is dead. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, dematerialized, more like it. And then we uh, we pan to uh, a woman who's having uh, some issues with her son here. He's looks like he's dying. Her name is Helen Cotteland. And then we pan into Dr. Taddeck. T-A-G-G-A-C. You're finally getting some fucked up names. Taddeck, yeah. <laughs> I, I refer to him as Dr. Tragic. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so they want to, he wants to make a deal with her to save her son's life, but she would owe them a favor, them being Cobra. Right. And then we go back to Section 9 here. Dr. Mindbender is summoned by Cobra Commander to go to Section 0. That's at the Arctic base where the mass device is kept. So Cobra wants uh, you know, Helen Cotland to lift a restriction on a drug called Zuprestin. And she's actually the director of the African for the World Health Organization. Uh, and she states that that drug has failed many times in its early trials, and Dr. Tagic, tragic, tells her to, to make it happen, because that's the favor we need right. to save your son. Okay, then we could come back to uh, Dr. Tagic here, and he, he needs uh, a blank vessel. He's uh, doing some research here. It looks like he's going to... But these blank vessels, they're actually, looks like humanoids. Yeah. So he needs a blank vessel. The only thing he tells him is he needs a male one. He injects it with a plasma medium... And then we see the vessel, uh, or the host body, change and take physical appearance of the subject, Emil Zartan. So we learn his first name, I guess, Emil. So it's only going to really look like him. It will not be him. Uh, but then something goes terribly wrong, and the good doctor whips out a stun gun and stuns the vessel. Uh, Zartan is being kept and studied by the good doctor here. And the doctor's actually teaching him how to read and understand human behavior. And then we see that, actually, Zartan can actually alter his appearance to resemble... Another person, he does this to an orderly who comes in. So he actually changes his uh, complexion and pigment from a, a white fella to a, a black fella. And he alternates his skin tone and his physical appearance so he can actually look and be exactly like that guy. So Zartan's getting kind of bored just hanging around there. So he wants to be free, so he tells the doctor that he wants to let go. But the doctor says, he's not ready yet, he'll be ready soon, you can't go yet. So Zartan's like, you know, screw this. So he escapes the facility by impersonating, you know, the help around so nobody knows it's actually him, and he actually makes it to the outside. Yep. Outside of the facility, and then we get a big to be continued. Yep, and he's like, he made it outside, he could be anywhere. He could be anywhere or anybody. Or anyone, yeah. yeah. The, the thing I kind of liked with, <laughs> with this issue, uh, the thing I liked with this issue was we got a little bit of more background as to how Dr. Mindbender actually ended up being there at the master Exactly. Place. See, there's just there's so many things that they're tying back into the other continuity of now we know why Dr. Mindbender was there when Destro first appeared in right. Section Zero. Right. So 
So, I mean, a decent issue. It's kind of the middle it wasn't, story yeah, one. It wasn't so. as good as the first Zartan episode, but it, it's building. Yeah. It's building. The thing that I was a little disappointed was that it, I was expecting Zartan to almost, like, rematerialize somewhere. So was I. So, to find out that now all of a sudden Zartan is... Almost a completely different person from well, who he yeah. was in the first issue. I think they had to go with almost being a mutant because he could change shapes, shift changer, right. shape changer. And then there's the whole blue thing. I right. don't know how they're going to tie that in. But <laughs> if they even do that. Yeah, if they even do that, who knows? Um, but the thing is, too, that I feel like I was almost gypped in that first issue. I know. Because that's not the Zartan I'm dealing with now. I know. I like the mercenary, uh, yeah. the Cobra agent, the top guy. Yeah, and as far as him changing his appearance and stuff... I would have been fine if that was just like a ended up being a side effect of the mass device error. Like that's how I thought it was going to be. Honestly, right. I thought it was just going to be some kind of side effect. How he's just able to do that now, right? So I mean, more to come. I mean, there's yeah, another we'll issue see. out there. I mean, so we still also don't know what that drug is going to be used for that they wanted to lift the bands on yeah. or anything else. So, so who knows? But we'll find out. Okay, now we're going to go to the uh, GI Joe ongoing issue number twenty again. Uh, it's a Dixon and Cal issue here. Oh, yeah. Scarlet's kind of cheesy on your cover A. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have cover B where they're just scoping through the jungle here. Right. Okay, so let's get started on that one here. First, we have uh, Ripcord, Scarlet, Mainframe, and Dial Tone, the female Dial Tone. They're parachuting out from their plane to the mysterious island that they were discussed in a previous episode. Right. Issue. Uh, so they come across, they parachute out, they land in the water, then they come across a small shack on the island. And then we have another set of Joes that are under the water here. We have Shipwreck, Torpedo, Wetsuit, Covergirl, and Keelhaul. If yeah. you remember, Keelhaul is the Admiral of the USS Flag. Right. Which I loved how they incorporated that character in here. Because we never really saw him yeah. that much. Did you mention also uh, Deep Six? Deep Six, yeah. Is, is there also? Oh, okay. Coming, coming. Okay. So those guys are in a small submarine called the Remora, R-E-M-O-R-A. Uh, and it's miles under the ocean, and they're, they're they're close to the island where the other guys are on top of the island here. So we've got them on top of the island, underneath the island. We're, we're investigating this. So those guys hear something in the ocean, and they think uh, it could be a, a whale or another creature. It's even giggled at a, like a monster, sea monster or something. Right. It's actually a submarine cruiser. Then back on the island here in the shack, Mainframe finds a trap door uh, underneath a rug here, and the Joes find out it's the lake... They, they they go down and they find a lake of the same goo that bio goo that mainframe actually found in Springfield. Right. So what which, that, is, which is like this supercomputer. Yeah, thing. what it is, it's like a liquid server for Cobra yeah. and their network. So the Joes now are back in the sub here. We pan back to the underwater Joes, and they prepare to board that big submarine they found because what they did was they they found uh, uh, they noticed that there's an attack probe close near a main fault line. And they're fearing if they drop a bomb or a nuclear device in there and they detonate it, a tsunami would take out a, a target strategically planned by Cobra. Right. And then they'd the, be panned back to the Joes on the island. So this book kind of goes back and forth between those two guys. The Joes back on the island here, uh, they use some of that bio goop to transmit to Deep Six, who's actually in command of a large battleship right. where the sub was originally launched. Then we go back to the Joes in the submarine. They make contact with the, the big, huge sub. And they, they get inside, and they take out two Cobra Vipers right away, and then they prepare to go to the command level, and then we get a big 2B continue. Yeah. And so I, I like how they left off where it looks like they're right in the middle of the action here. Right. That's the thing I like, too, is that all of a sudden they bust in, and they take out two of these Cobra guys. Yeah. It's just really, that was really cool. Seems like uh, CoverGirl has a little bit of a crush on Shipwreck there. Yeah, they've, they've played that up, actually, in the IDW part last time, and CoverGirl is spectacularly drawn. Oh, yeah. 
She's a she's a little fox. Yeah, absolutely. But they're still playing on the romantic the romance you know romance between shipwreck and cover girl. So right. I, I like that that they kept that as part of the uh, devil's due stuff. Yeah, it was it was done pretty well. And that little probe thing that they come across actually is dropping a bomb in there. It's at least dropping something. It's dropping something. They, that's and, a, they and think they, it's a bomb or a nuke. Or yeah, something, they think so. it's a nuclear uh, <laughs> bomb. So that, yeah, so that, that could be ma- massive trouble. So what they do is they actually end up telling them. The guys that are on the island, look, you need to get the hell off that island. We're sending someone now. And they're like, but we're just getting this information right now. Yeah. So seems like they're really just ramping up the intensity. Yeah, yeah. To where it's like all hell's going about to break loose. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks to be a really good issue. So guys, check that one out. All right. I really had a lot of fun reading that one. Yeah. Now, I want to go one more, uh, if you don't mind here. No. Transformers, the ongoing here, mm-hmm. which is actually issue number nine, which I thought we were well beyond issue nine, but... It's just been so much going on. I know. I, I we're, we're on issue nine. That's yeah. the latest one here. Yeah, every every issue, there's been so much that's happened. I know. That it, it, it seems, seems like, like should it should have be, been longer. Yeah, right? exactly. And this is another Mike Costa issue, so this is great. I love this guy's stuff. And then uh, art by Guido Guidi. Yeah. <laughs> like Guini, Guini. I actually like the artwork on this it's one. It's not bad, actually. No. It's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't mind it at all. Kind of more of the classic 80s Autobot faces. Right. So it was actually a really good issue here. Uh, this one takes place. We pan off and we see a news broadcast. And the news lady here stating that Kim J-O-N-G Jong. What I pronounce uh, it wrong? I can't remember. Uh, Kim Jong Do instead of Kim Jong Il. Il, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, Kim Jong Do, actually. So actually, he succeeded power from his father as leader of North Korea. So it kind of ties in with, uh, you know, ongoing, you know, affairs, I guess. So he succeeds... Uh, his father is leader of North Korea, and he appears to be making and hiding energon cubes in North Korea, right. the news states. Then we pan to, uh, it looks like a, well, it appears to be a U.S. Army base here in North Korea, and it's attacked by Decepticons. We have Onslaught, Brawl, and Vortex. Yeah. And they appear to be working for the new leader of North Korea, which is Kim Jong. Right, and the thing that's really neat that I like that they went back to is putting the names of the Transformers, the Transformers right by them as little, they yeah. appear. So this way, if you, you didn't know who they are, yeah, if you didn't know who the character was, now you have a name to go right. with. Right, and and these these characters actually are Combaticons. Right. We pan to Spike and his crew. They they actually find out what what happened with the military base here, and Spike actually goes and speaks to the Autobots, and he goes, "I want to talk to the boss." And everybody points to Bumblebee, and he's like, "I mean Prime. I need Prime for this one, guys." So Spike actually tells Prime the situation, what's going on, and uh, him and Bumblebee determine by the description that it is the Combaticons. So they decide to assemble a team and take him out, but then there's an emergency broadcast here from the President of the United States, uh, like an emergency presidential address. Right. And the President states that if any country is working with the Cybertronians, Autobot or Decepticon, and using their technology, they're going to be in possession of weapons of mass destruction. Right. Which is a crime. And he, so he's actually working with these guys, and he's and, like, holy crap, what did I just do? Obviously, the president doesn't know that his own country is yeah, his own country's doing this, yeah. Right. So Spike can't believe it. Now, he tells his crew and the Transformers that we did not see that message, our transmission was blocked, and our mission actually launched two hours ago before this presidential address. And they're like, you're going to actually go through with it? You're going to do it? He goes, yeah, we're going to do it. But we're going to do it in disguise. Yeah. And then we get another To Be Continued. Right. I like these books are To Be Continued. Yeah. The thing that's great about that, too, is, like, we're going to do it in disguise. And I'm like, 
Transformers are all about disguise. Yeah, they're all about... What do you mean by disguise? Yeah. <laughs> are you, you going to do it in car form here? Yeah. And this is where we get our name for our episode at, actually, in this book. Right. On the title page, it actually says, well, it had to happen sometime, which is a line that Spike says in the issue. Which is the Decepticons, again, attacking yep. uh, U.S. military bases. Yep. And the thing I also like was uh, when Spike came in and says, I want to talk to your leader... Cliff Jumper makes uh, he goes no uh, your other boss and Cliff Jumper's like we only got we one only bo- got one boss, boss and it's right, Bumblebee right and then there's a picture which I think we're going to use for this episode there's a picture of Optimus Prime who's sitting like on a cell it's like a jail cell jail cot. cell cot yeah but he really looks like he's taking a dump he looks like he's yeah <laughs> potty time with Prime right <laughs> don't give too much away we're going down to our stripper format on these right books. right I know. Uh, but, well, the reason why we're going down the stripper format is so this way we can actually talk about some of the certain things that we liked in them. Yeah, and else. yeah, so, and you guys can get the book and read it without us reading it to you. Right. So going into the uh, Ironhide issue, Ironhide number three, which was actually by Costa, was Costa and Collier. And Collar. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm loving the way this story is. Oh, yeah. And the art's amazing. Phenomenal. So, yeah. So, uh, so Ironhide is led by that robot that we saw at the last issue. To a room that actually has Alpha Trion in it. Yeah. And so it's our first appearance of this guy. Yeah, and Alpha Trion like the, was the mentor of Optimus Prime. Right. And it, in the issue, it cracked me up, I actually wrote down, uh, he looks like an anim, anime uh, samurai of some sort. I like the way he's got the uh, the flowing cape going on with the tarot yeah. in it. That's and in sweet. the issue, they tell you why, too. So uh, I won't reveal that. So Ironhide do, uh, doesn't remember who Alpha Trion is. And Alpha Trion explains that he's the one who actually brought Ironhide back to life. He explains that Cybertron has become a lifeless world because of the swarm of mindless Insecticons. And he says he brought Ironhide back to save the planet, and they're the only two left on the planet. Ironhide notices, however, that there's a blip on the monitor that shows that there might be another Cybertronian, uh, Cybertronian nearby. He actually decides he's going to go out and find out who it is, and here it's Sunstreaker. Right. Who was a traitor, the traitor. And, and was like demolished he was left for dead? Yeah, he was demolished a while back, sacrificing himself. Sunstreaker is actually barely alive, and he apologizes apologizes to Ironhide for being a traitor. But Ironhide doesn't remember what he's talking about, so he brings Sunstreaker back and is told because of the process of bringing Ironhide back that a lot of his memories were actually wiped out that took place after he was shot. In the first issue. So the very first issue where he saved Prime and got shot, he doesn't remember anything after that because of the process that it took to bring him back. So he's told that he was brought back to take care of the Insecticons because he was always the toughest. Right. So we kind of leave there where he's about to head out to kick some ass with the Insecticons. Yeah, so we we leave off where he's about to get to the big battle. Right. So I think this is actually a four-parter, right? Uh, Yeah, it is a four-parter. So it's going to be concluded next issue. Sad to see it go. Yeah, I am too. But hopefully they'll they'll take this artist and put him on one of the main books or something like that. I think there's actually another little mini Transformers Drift. series. Yeah, Drift. Drift's coming up. Uh, looks like it's a different artist. So You're probably right on that. So now going into some Star, Star Wars. Wars issues. Yeah. So I actually got quite a bit written on these because here's the problem I faced with Star Wars when I realized I was doing these. I love Star Wars. <laughs> well, no, not so much that, even though that's true, is every page or two pages is a whole new scene. So they they fit so much into these issues that it's like, okay, that's important, that's important. So I'm going to keep this... Yeah, as, give me the strip down. I'm going to keep this as fast as I can. So I'm going to be covering. Covering Star Wars Invasion Rescues number two. If you remember last time we covered number one, 
And this is actually done by uh, Tom Taylor, wrote it, and Colin Wilson is the artist. We open up with a creature that's called a Yamask, which actually looks like Mother Brain from Metroid. Ooh, it does, yeah. Yeah, it looks totally like that. This creature's being used by the Yuzan Vong to be a war coordinator to help empathically direct the Vong ships. And it's actually trying to take control of the ship that Kay and Nina are piloting. And they actually call their ship now the Heart of Art- Artorias. Oh, okay. So they renamed the ship. They renamed the ship, yeah. Right. Uh, Nina does resist this Yamask thing. And the commander, who they had rescued recently, he tries to actually stop Kay from going down to the planet, which is called Debrook. That's the dead planet that they were talking about last issue. He wants to stop her from going down there, but after a, a huge argument, he actually agrees to offer his troops because he's like, I'm not going to have you go down there and rescue my people if I'm not going to help you. So he puts this Captain Ogden in charge of the troops. Uh, then we skip over to Finn, and he realizes that the only way to sneak onto the Artorias is to pretend that they were shot down by the Vong. So we find out that Jaina Solo is actually the best pilot of the group, and she's going to try to make that happen for them. Just as they are, are talking about this, the Vong actually send these bug creatures to attack their ship. And what Finn does, he goes out in a space shoot, space suit, shoot, shoot, <laughs> space. He goes out with a, in his space suit uh, with Prowl to cover his back to let him know if there's something coming up behind him. And he goes out with two lightsabers and just starts hacking, hacking away at yeah. these things. Uh, which is just awesome. Then he has to hurry back inside because they're about to enter the atmosphere and they're about to actually almost crash <laughs> because of what these bugs did. Nice. So they crash into the ocean and they're taken in by Caleb's uh, men, his fa- Finn's father. Okay. He's like, where's my father at? And they're like, well, he's with Dulok mm-hmm. right now. And if you remember, Dulok is the Vong impersonating oh, okay, a human. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So then we go back to DeBrook and Captain Ogden actually, once they land on there, he actually tries to take control and tells the troops... We're going to do whatever it takes to get this job done. I don't care if there's loss of life or not. And this pisses off Kay. And Kay's like, no, we're not. We're, this is a rescue mission. Yeah. So we're actually going to try to rescue these people. It's not a suicide mission. It's a right. rescue mission. Right. So, And we're going to try to keep any of the hostages from being hurt. But if you kill them all, there's no hostages. Right. So uh, I see his point. Right. <laughs> but, so anyways, so Captain Ogden's like... Look, I'm the one in charge here. Yeah. So she's like, uh, Arby Loa, tie him up. Yeah, you were in charge, sir. So You were in charge. So and then she goes, anyone else got a problem? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So then we skip over to Commander uh, Salik, which is the Vong that was actually rescued, rescued by Finn. Okay. Uh, he actually arrives on Debrook and wants to find some answers uh, from a Jedi that they actually have held in captivity there. The issue actually closes then with Kaled who realized that something's not right about Dulok, and just as he's pulling a gun on him, Dulok tears off the disguise that he has and attacks him. Nice. So that Reveals himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that issue. Okay. Going into Star Wars The Old Republic number one, Thread of Peace. This is a brand new... Brand new one, guys. Brand new one. I'm going to read just this little summary they have here, because it kind of sets when this takes place and everything. This takes place in The Old Republic... The Old Republic was the legendary government that united the galaxy under the rule of the Senate. In this era, the Jedi are numerous and serve as guardians of peace and justice. The Tales of the Jedi comics series takes place in this era, chronicling the immense wars fought by the Jedi of old and the ancient Sith. After centuries of exile in deep space, the true Sith Empire has returned to the galaxy to exact its vengeance on the Galactic Republic. Spread out across several star systems, Republic military forces and members of the Jedi Order have fought bravely to slow the Empire's advances. 
To end the stalemate, the Lords of the Sith Dark Council have extended an offer to the Galactic Senate to engage in a ceasefire talk. Wary but desperate, Republican Jedi leaders have agreed to meet the Sith on Alderaan. Oh, okay. So if you remember Alderaan... Alderaan. Yes, which, yeah. which is no which more. Which is no more. It got <laughs> blown up. Yeah, you can flip through this if you want. Leia's home. Yes. Here's the thing with this one. This one isn't too much longer than the invasion summary, but, right. but it's a bit longer because this issue is actually got 27 pages of content, which a normal comic book issue has 22 pages. Bonus feature. So it's five extra pages of comic book material, and it's only two ninety nine. That's probably because it was issue one, and they want to get a lot into it. I don't know. We might see. Oh, and also the thing with this issue, or this comic, is this is actually the free comic. If you were checking out Old Republic, the video game, online, okay. they did this comic series online. So you actually, if you want to just read it, you can just go to their the Old Republic video game website and read the comic right online. You don't have to buy it. Oh, good news. So that's actually great news, yeah. So so going into what happens here, uh, on Alderaan, we have a Jedi named Satelli, or Satelli, yeah, Satelli. and we'll go with Ma- that. Yeah, we'll go with that. He's Italian. And Master, no, it's a she. <laughs> She's Italian. <laughs> yeah. And Master Darnala, which looks kind of like the Shakti uh, Jedi yeah. that you might be familiar with. They're waiting for the Sith who have come for the peace treaty. At the same time that this is happening, uh, Sith Lord Angrel blasts an orbital security station orbiting Coruscant. Trooper named Tavis and Jedi Master Orgus are telling the Galactic Senate about the horrors that they've seen the Sith do. And just as they're leaving the Senate, and it, they see that an attack is actually being made by Lord Angrel and his men on Coruscant. So Lord Angrel and, his, and Master Orgus get into a lightsaber duel, and right before Angrel is about to take out Orgus, the ship comes crashing down, causing an explosion, and it kind of separates the two from each other. So Orgus then uh, meets up with Tavis again, and they actually decide they need to head to the Jedi Temple because of all the damage that's been going on. They want to make sure the temple still exists. Yeah, still intact. So Lord Angrel decides, you know, we're not going to follow them because our mission is to go to the Senate Tower. Back on the where the peace treaty is supposed to be taking a place, they get they get a message saying about telling them about the attack. And Satelli, upon hearing the news, she actually attacks Lord Barris, who is the Sith Lord that showed up there to do the peace treaty. And he says, well, wait a minute, I'm still here for peace. Yeah. They ask, you know, well, why did you do this attack then? He says, by having Coruscant hostage, it ensures that the Jedi won't paralyze the process through deliberations. So basically, you you guys won't slow this all up and we can actually proceed and get what we want. Uh, Satelli is told to stand down. And then we skip back to Tavis and Orgus, who arrive at the Jedi Temple to find out it's already fallen. Yeah, it's in ruins. Yeah, and Master Darnala is uh, told by Master Zim, who kind of looks like Plo Koon. Uh, I thought it was him. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's Master Zim. And uh, he says that Satali almost cost them everything by trying to attack Lord Barris, And she must apologize to Lord Barris. Right. Mas- then, we, then we plan to. Right. Master Darnala uh, says that Satelli has has the gift that her former Padawan Pastilla, or Bustilla, sorry, Bustilla had, and Master Zim warns to watch her attachment to her former Padawan. So evidently there was something that happened yeah. in the past. Then we jump over to Dantooine. Yeah. And that should be even familiar, even if you saw the movies, because that's where... Princess Leia was asked, where's the rebel base? Mm-hmm. And she goes, it's on Dantooine. Right. And he says, Dantooine's, Grand Moff Tarkin was like, Dantooine's far too remote. To make a demonstration. To demonstration. Yeah. So, 
So that's where that name should sound familiar. But it's kind of green and foresty like Endor. Oh, yeah. It's very much so. So then on Dantooine, we see uh, there's a Wookiee named Dalbora that takes out some of these guards. He's doing that while this commander, Braden, who's actually a bounty hunter, is getting a call uh, by the Republic to abandon his mission to capture Dalbora because Dalbora is actually working for the Imperial Army, who they now have a ceasefire with. But he actually pretends that he's, the message is breaking up and because he, he wants to get Dalbora. Yeah, he wants to get him, yeah. So in order to stop him from screwing anything up, they actually shoot down at Braden and he's they blow up the place that he's at yeah. and, and he gets knocked down and when he looks up he sees Delbora standing over him. Over him, yeah, so he's a goner. Yeah. So then we skip back to uh, Lord Barris at the Sith Academy on Korriban, which is the home of the Sith, and he's offered a higher position but he declines. He he likes where he's at. So then he runs into Ang- uh, Lord Angrel, who was the guy that attacked Coruscant. And Angrel actually attacks him because he says he could have exterminated all the Jedi if he had been given just a little bit more time. And Barriss says he was following the plan that was laid, you know, put into place, and he zaps Angrel with some uh, lightning. Angrel then says, I'll never stay my hand again with the destruction of the Republic uh, when it's in my reach. And Barriss says, I assure you that will never be necessary again. So then we skip back to Delbora, who brings Braden in as, to an Imperial base as his prisoner. He says, I'm going to take him with me to Korriban, and even though Wookiees are not welcome there. Yeah. Then we go back to Satali and Darnala, who are being monitored by a droid, again a new, new character, yeah. named SB-99. <coughs> and he's there to ensure that they stay in compliance with the treaty. Right. So then we go to Narshada, which Narshada should be familiar from the Invasion series, because that's where they went to go find the smuggler and everything else. Okay. So they're kind of tying in the same worlds and everything. Uh, on Narshada, we see this group, and they never explain who these people are, but they seem to be like the seedier group. Yeah. And they're in this casino, and they gather in there, and the speaker, the main speaker there, says that Lord Angrel has an offer that is just too good to pass up. We go back to the ship where Satala and Darnala is, and it gets attacked by an Imperial ship, but the Imperial ship, right before attacking, says that they were attacked by the Republic ship. Right. So the Imperials then board the ship, and Darnala is actually captured, and Satali escapes in an escape pod with SP-99, and she's just like, we'll just wait for someone to rescue us, and they're like, that's going to, and SP-99 tells her the odds, and she's like, well, I guess I always wanted to learn about patience. Yeah. So. Never tell me the odds. Right, exactly. So, so that's that issue. So a lot happened in there. Yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah, so now uh, yeah, go pick those up at your local newsstands, guys. Those are pretty decent issues. Yeah, I really, I really like the new issue. It's kind of nice to to go back to the old Republic. It's a time period. It's probably my favorite Star Wars time period. Okay. So some new characters we'll get to know, and it should be should be a good time. If you had to pick one uh, book that was your favorite of the six that we did, which one would be your favorite? I'd have to go with the Ironhide issue. I was thinking that too. It's just the art has been so amazing, it's so good, and the storyline. They're giving it more depth, and they finally have explained why he doesn't remember so much. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, bringing in Sunstreaker. Sunstreaker, the, yeah. The, the traitor, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it seems it's like tying in a lot of continuity from the older right. Transformers, you know, the IDW stuff. So Yeah, so, yeah, I'd have to go with that one. I um, would, too. Yeah. Let's see, we're going to go into the toy review? Yeah, let's do that. All right. We're going to go into the uh, Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. All right, All right, and that's the uh, Kung Fu Grip. So what we're doing now is we got a special toy review we want to do for episode 10. 
Uh, something special for Ryan and his collection here. Yeah, these are the uh, Blackest Night, we mentioned them last episode, the Blackest Night WonderCon exclusives, which is the White Lantern Sinestro and the Black Lantern Hal Jordan. And these are got the WonderCon exclusive sticker on it, limited to 1500 Right. And I was actually fortunate enough to have forum member Nigmatic actually pick these up for me, so I got them at cost and just extra shipping. Good for you. Yeah. I said that we were going to finally open these up. Yeah. Which You've been it, debating whether or not to open these right. for a while. And it kind of pains me to open it a the little bit. The packages are so phenomenal. They, it's, 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 a, it's a book, kind of like, and you, there's a Velcro tab, and you open it up, and inside you've got some art, and you see the figure inside, but if you wanted to close it up, it would close up and almost appear kind of in book format right. to put on a shelf. And I know these are going to be sold again at San Diego Comic-Con, but with a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive sticker on it. And it was limited to 2,000, I believe? Right. 2,000 or 3,000, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Maybe it was 3,000. Maybe it was double. Yeah. Because it was a little bit bigger Comic-Con. And these each come with a plastic ring for their color. So you have... A black ring and a white ring. Black ring and a white ring. And this these rings will actually complete my collection of rings. Oh, good. So, now, I really debated on not opening these. I know you did. But again... I'm not, not going to sell them. I'm not, not going to sell them. them. I'm not going to get rid of them. They're not doing me any good just being in the box. So I'm actually opening them up right now. Uh, the first one you're opening is actually the Sinestro, the White Lantern. Right. And uh, get him out there. And what he does, he comes with a base, which has actually got the White Lantern symbol on it. Nice. Very nice looking figure. Very shiny. I like shiny. Yep. And he almost looks like a, a good art- Silver Turian or Centurion or uh, yeah. Silverhawk. Or Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. <laughs> Not like a Silverhawk. Yeah. The way the silver is on um, him. His head moves, and he's got the silver mask on him. His Purple face. His arms move. they got the shoulder. Got, yeah, 360 shoulder movement Shoulder here. movement, and you got the elbow movement, and you got a little swivel wrist. Forearm For uh, swivel, swivel wrist yeah, there. Not, not the wrist, though. And then you got his hips move. Yeah. However, they do not bend out. No, they don't they, go out. They just they go, go forward back and, and backwards. Forth, yeah. And his got knee articulation. Knees bend and any movement in the ankle or the and foot. The at the uh, at the top of the boot. At the top of his shin. Yeah. Bone, uh, top of the the boot twist swivel, which is actually a lot more articulation than a typical DC Direct figure. Yeah, it actually did. So, so I'll have you take a look at the uh, Sinestro to yeah. see what you like or don't like about it. Yeah, there's no ab articulation here. He can sit down, sort of, but they um, don't really. Yeah, they're not designed to go into... They don't go into vehicles or anything, so... Pretty nice-looking figure overall. Nice-looking suit. One hand is closed, one hand is open like he's gripping, grabbing something. So the neck, the head can do a whole 360 here. Same thing with the shoulders. We can 360 on both shoulders. Elbows will bend at the elbow. And like you said, rotate at the, uh, the forearm, the glove part. Knees do bend, and again, we do rotate at the uh, boot. Okay, and... So pretty, uh, pretty decent articulation, pretty nice-looking figures. Really yeah. sweet-looking sculpts. I like them. And it's not hard to get into the figures, either. There's only one little twisty. Which on, is always good. On their back. I hate it when they, like, tie up their hands and their legs and... Well, everything. I noticed on the new Transformers figures I bought, the twist ties are actually paper. Oh, really? So, yeah, they're easy to cut, too. That's awesome. Yeah, so there's no metal in those new twisties. I like those. So now I'm opening up the Hal Jordan here. Again, you have the, the head movement. Not as much head movement as Sinestro had. Well, not not up and down. Like not up and down. But yes or no, but we get a full 360 on his head spin yeah, if you wanted to do that. But uh, Sinestro seemed to nod a little bit more. 
He's still got the same arm movement. Yeah, we can do a 360 on the shoulders here. Except he's got his twisting right at his wrist, where Sinestro had it at at his forearm. forearm More for the glove, yeah. Right. And he actually does not have any twisting motion on his legs as far as at his ankle or at his uh, shin. Yeah, just the knee. Like Sinestro had. Yeah, he just has the knee movement. Right, so Sinestro actually has a little bit more articulation than Jordan does. However, I like the the black suit. The, is awesome, the black yeah. suit much better than the silver suit. Oh, and you'll notice he does have a green power ring on. Yes. Whereas Sinestro is ringless. So, well, uh, actually, no. He has Sinestro on his left hand has a white lantern ring on. Oh, yeah, it's on a different hand. And does he happen to have a black lantern ring? He does. Yes. So, and that was actually pretty typical in Blackest Night. Was that if you had a lantern? A couple times there was like a green lantern that showed up that was a yeah. black lantern. He would have both the green ring on and the black ring on. Yeah, so he's actually got two rings on. So, And I like the, the touch of making putting that green ring green. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not an easy thing for them to do. A I little thought of green, yeah. yeah. He's got this nice little snarl on his face, too. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of menacing looking. Yeah. His hair is a little must. Like I said, as far as articulation, I do like the Sinestro figure better. But as far as just look-wise, I like the Hal Jordan figure better. Yeah, he does have a little bit more articulation with the the shins and everything like that. But yeah, the Hal Jordan one looks way better. And they stand pretty easily. Yeah, you just got to... As long as, know, long as his legs are straight, out. yeah. <laughs> Make your legs straight, balance them out, they stand nice. Yeah. Uh, both of them, like you said, come with a ring. i got a black ring here and a white ring. Yep. And I'm actually, when I put my shelf together for all my Green Lantern figures, I'm going to actually do the whole color spectrum on that shelf. Oh, okay. So these will fit really nicely into it because I don't have any One white white on the side, I'm black on the other side, and yeah. the colors in the middle. Yeah. So I think that'll be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. So those are those figures. Uh, like I said, we'll do a full toy review on our website. Oh, if you'll notice, they do have a hole in the bottom of their foot right. for uh, the bases. Right. So, pretty sweet there. Yeah, nice. Um, So, yeah, like I said, we'll have a full toy review actually on our website as far as our likes and dislikes. and and I'm I'm overall pleased with your toys. I like them very much. (laughs) So, yeah, so that that was a special toy review for this one. All right, uh, now, uh, without further ado, before we kind of do our uh, top fives for this episode, uh, you have a special interview. Yeah, for episode 10, I was able to track down a special guest star and uh, get a little interview going. Why don't you get ready for that? I'm going to actually get out of here. You might want to... Yeah, our special, right our special guest is actually coming into the studio. Yeah, and I don't really want to be around for the special guest because I don't think he's a fan of mine, so... There has been some mentioning of that. Yeah, so so we're going to go ahead and bring him in here, and uh, we'll go into uh, an interview with Chuck. Yeah, I got a special uh, guest interview here. Uh, without further ado, our special guest uh, for episode 10 is actually uh, Megatron. So, uh, welcome, Megatron. We're happy to have you here. Uh, we're glad you agreed to come on our show. Greetings. Perhaps you recognize me. I am Megatron, leader of the Decepticons. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Uh, welcome, Megatron. Anyway, we're glad to have you. Uh, Glad you found your way and your time to come here to do an interview with us. I would have waited an eternity for this. Oh, okay, that's great. That's nice to hear. So you finally decided to come on the show. I do this only for the benefit of my Decepticons. Well, we certainly don't mind benefiting from it also. It grieves me that you may also profit. Okay, uh, well, I guess we better get on with the interview. So, so what was it like working on the Transformers movie? You'll never understand, Starscream! Uh, I'm Chuck. 
and the show is called Star Joe's, not Starscream. And why would I not understand? You're an idiot, Starscream! Again, Megatron, it's Chuck, and I'm not an idiot, I'm... You lack the ability to see your own faults! Whatever, dude. So, uh, next question. Uh, what was it like working with Megan Fox? Uh, she's pretty hot, right? More than you imagine. Wow, really? So, uh, anything happened between you two? Not yet! So, it sounds like, uh, you might have a chance there. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so what are your plans here while you're on Earth? I'm glad you asked, Earth Germ! Whoa, Megatron, what's with the name calling? I have my reasons, which are far beyond your meager understanding. Alright, alright. Well, what are your plans here? My plan is to conquer this mudball of a planet and suck it dry of energy! Don't you think the Autobots will try to stop you? It pains me to see a man of your obvious brilliance deceived by Autobot propaganda. Well, thank you, Megatron. I actually don't like the good guys much. I'm more of a bad guy kind of fan. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Would you use your power and influence to help us? Yeah, I, I, I really guess I would. Oh, the power of public relations. So, uh, if I were to help you out, what would be in it for me? There is no limit to what you can have if you join us. Well, nice. If I joined the Decepticons, you think I could get some benefits like uh, power, girls, money? What do you think, Megatron? You've also made clear your desire to replace me as leader of the Decepticons. Mistake number one. Actually, I think I would be a pretty good leader. You couldn't lead androids to a picnic. How can you pretend to lead the Decepticons? I actually think I could be a better leader than you, and all I really have to do is take you out. You failed to dispose of me when you had the chance, Starscream. Mistake number two. Again, Megatron, it's Chuck, not Starscream. We're all in this together now. Okay, sounds good to me. So, uh, how do we plan to destroy the Autobots? The Autobots will be vanquished forever! Yeah, that really doesn't tell me how we're going to do it. What's the actual plan, Megatron? They will become one with oblivion! <laughs> That's really still not telling me how you're going to do it. Uh, I'm not sure I believe you can do it. Do you believe me now? No, not really. It is hard to tear away the veil of ignorance. Dude, I'm not ignorant. You don't have any plan to sh that you could share with us here on the show on how you would defeat the Autobots? No, Starscream! Again, Megatron, the name is Chuck, and I really understand if you don't want to go into detail about your plan, uh, so I'm just going to ask you another question here. What words would fill the mighty Megatron with dread? Hail Optimus Prime! I can imagine where that would be pretty bad for you. Uh, is Optimus Prime your toughest opponent? No thanks to you, Starscream. Hey, I didn't do anything to help him. Uh, and if you call me Starscream one more time, I'm going to kick you off the show. Such heroic nonsense. Why throw away your life so recklessly? Megatron, you're just being an ass. What are you going to do about it? I'll crush you with my bare hands. Oh, okay, hey, 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 there's no reason to get violent here. Uh, you were just being a little bit of a jerk here. You are. Whatever. Can we just get on with some more questions? It's over. But I still have more questions. It's over. You won't even answer one more question? It is over! Okay, well, you heard it here. Our first and hopefully of many interviews with your favorite characters. I'd like to thank Megatron for coming into the show. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, Megatron, thanks for coming to the show. I hope you enjoyed yourself. This was almost too easy, Starscream. All right, that's it. Get him out of here. Interview's over. Cut the recording.
All right, Chuck, uh, is, is he gone now? Yeah, he, he left. He stormed out of here. He's all kinds of upset. Uh, but, yeah, that was the first interview. Uh, hopefully many more to come. Yeah, if you, if you guys hear, uh, if you guys know someone uh, from anybody that we cover that you'd like to hear an interview from, you know. We'll try it, to set it up. Yeah, we'll try to set it up. So, All right, uh, so last but not least. Yeah, that one really didn't take a lot, just a couple of Energon cubes, and we were able to get Megatron in here. Yeah, that worked out well. It was pretty nice and didn't trample my yard or anything like that, but... Yeah, he did step on OU812's uh, foot there, so... Oh, uh, okay. We have uh, one last thing to do, which uh, is our top five list, which was actually contributed to us by Brian. Yeah. Now, we like... Good idea. Yeah, we like the idea so much, that's why it moved to the top of our list. Uh, we still have all the ideas that you guys have submitted in the past. And so they will be done. They will be done. We just kind of keep checking them off as we go along, so... Yeah. But let's go into our uh, battle files. All right, Chuck. Well, Brian's uh, suggestion for a top five was give five franchises, 80s franchises, the cartoons, cartoons that you would turn into movies. That you would turn into live action movies. Right. Which uh, I thought was a great idea. It was a great idea. The only thing we excluded was G.I. Joe and Transformers because they just recently had movies. Right. But everything uh, else is open. Everything else was open because everything else, if they had a movie, it was a long time yeah. ago. And, and honestly, we would probably remake both of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Why don't you start with uh, with your number five? Yeah, number five cartoon from the 80s I would turn into a live-action movie, the GoBots. Nice. <laughs> I would do the GoBots, and here's how I would set it up. Uh, it would be the movie, just kind of like the Transformers, it would be the movie the Transformers should have been. Okay. It will follow the cartoon exactly. The, the GoBots are going to look exactly the way as they appeared in the cartoon. Okay. So no deviation, no brand new uh, motorcycles, no brand new jets or cars. So Scooter will have that stupid face on Yes, yes. Wow. And actually, Michael Bay is going to make a cameo in my movie, and he's going to be killed instantly. (laughs) As a nod. I might have to go see it for that reason, but other than that, I don't think I'd go see that movie. (laughs) Oh, you would see that movie. It's going to be great. I didn't like the GoBots, though. This is going to be great. Okay. I'll trust you. <laughs> I'm going to kill Michael Bay. Right. It's well, going to be great. That's what I'm saying. I'd probably go see it for Not that. real life in the movie. Right. <laughs> I, I don't condone murder. Right. <laughs> On a um, regular basis. So my number five was Voltron. Okay. I put little brief thing of what each thing was. I think most people know what Voltron is, but the first uh, season was based on a 1981 series called Beast King Go Lion, which featured a team of five young pilots commanding five robot lions, which could be combined to form Voltron. Now, would you do the Lion Voltron in your Oh, head? yeah. The you classic, can't, You yeah. can't do the Yeah, exactly. Thank Voltron. you. Thank you. So, that, this... That we worried for me. You know, this is going to sound sacrilege because of the movies that I'm... Or the one movie that I'm referring it to. But it would, my my version of Voltron would almost be Star Trek meets Godzilla. Okay. Uh, Explain yourself. The sir. reason why I said Star Trek is because Star Trek's more of the clean-cut, stylized, you know, formal positions, officers, that type of stuff. Which is kind of how Voltron was. Sure, yeah. And then you have... There's a command pecking order. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so that's why it would have that clean, crisp look to everything. It wouldn't be like Star Wars where it was kind of like hodgepodge of stuff put, yeah. put together. You join up and you're a general. Right. Yeah, I so, <laughs> so that's why we went with Star Trek. And then Godzilla, because you had the big robo-beasts. Yeah. And the giant Voltron. So it would be very high-tech looking. Obviously, I'm not going with the old Godzilla style of a movie, but Mm -hmm. just the giant robot or giant monster style. Okay. So, you know, it'd be futuristic. It would be... English captions? No English captions. (laughs) (laughs) No, it would would be uh, futuristic. It would be clean, crisp. Okay. Obviously, a lot of CGI. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, uh, number four for me, I would do the Thundercats. 
Okay. Okay, now I know what you're thinking. Thundercats live action. We've got a bunch of people dressed like cats. It's going to be cats. Right, it's going to be cats the Broadway. No, it's not. It's all <laughs> going to be CGI. The whole thing CGI. But is that live action, then? Sure it is. <laughs> it's just like, like how Avatar created a whole different sure. world on a computer. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to create a whole new Third Earth. Uh, they're going to fight the evil mutants in Mumra. Mm-hmm. That's our village. Okay. We're going to have the original Thundercats. Everybody snarfs in there. The Wily Kit, Wily Cat. Can we get a snarf? No, no. I need snarf in my movie. (laughs) He plays a crucial role. Okay. When Lionel is held prisoner by Mumra, snarf actually gets the Sword of Omens, brings it to him, and helps save the day. All right. I'm not giving too much away in my movie here. I'm writing a script. (laughs) But yeah, it's all going to be CGI, so it's going to look pretty good. It's not going to be a bunch of guys dressed up like cats. Well, you know how you could do it, actually. Did you ever see the movie Beowulf? I did. I didn't really care for that. But the thing was, it was live action with CGI. With CGI, yeah. So I, that's why I went away from doing that. I thought right. about that. I want the whole thing. CGI. See, I like Beowulf. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of it being live action because to me, CGI... wasn't part of the like um, Van Helsing wasn't part of that live action in CGI. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, if I, I think was... that was actually a little bit better than Beowulf, I think they had a bigger budget. Van Helsing sucks, dude. I like that movie. Van dude. Helsing was awful. What do you hate about that movie? It's awful. <laughs> I love that It's movie. not scary. It's not meant to be scary. It's the Universal Monsters. You got vampires and werewolves. Make the fucking thing scary. <laughs> you, got, you got Van Helsing. The Vampire Killer. It sucked. <laughs> Shut up, dude. I like it. So that anyways, the, the only thing that kept me from putting Thundercats on my list was the fact that I would want to do it all CGI, completely yeah. CGI. So that made me feel like it wasn't. It would be more like a, not. It would be done this you way. You want to do Pixar? I would do. I wouldn't do it. It would be related to Pixar okay. in that sense. And I don't consider Toonish. toy. I don't consider Toy Story live action. Would you do it more toonish? No, like, no. Like Toy Story? Or would you no, do I would do it more like you remember that uh, CGI Star Wars Old Republic video I showed you, and I actually put it on. Our, yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually put it on our forum. Yeah, that was pretty good. I would do it in that style. Okay, yeah, that's that's nice. So it would be realistic, but it would be all CGI. <laughs> okay, uh, your number four. My number four was the Inhumanoids. Okay, which is Inhumanoids. Yes, yeah, it's Inhumanoids. <laughs> it's a weird one to pick, but I thought it would work really well okay. for how I would do it. So, if you don't know who the Inhumanoids are, the story begins with the discovery of a monstrous creature encased in an amber monolith uh, buried in Big Sur National Park, and it's recovered by a government-funded Earth Corps geological sciences research team. And it it just goes to hell from there. Nice. So, here's how I would do it. This would not be a kid-friendly movie. Nice. This would be horror-slash-action-slash-sci-fi. So, almost like Aliens, the second movie. Kind of in that style where you got the creepy creatures... And you got this, and I would actually make the Earth Corps group, they would be the scientists that are also military trained. Okay. They're kind of like an undercover agency for the government or something like, like alien. that. alien? And the, Yeah, okay. exactly. And they would be sent in because they're the ones that could probably deal with, like they deal with scientific things when there's a little bit of danger involved. Okay. So they have the high-tech gadgets and stuff. I would stay away and from... And the backing for the military? Right. Okay. And I would stay away from the whole high-tech exo suits that they would wear. Yeah, you don't want to, yeah. I would stay away from those. You know, maybe one of them make an appearance kind of like in Aliens when Sigourney Weaver wore that dressed big, up in, yeah, yeah. Bag, that big lifter robot thing. Maybe briefly, but most of the time it would just be guns and monsters. You're going to remake Alien and call it Inhumanoids? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's Moving a great, on. It's a great movie. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it could work. It's got a creep factor, but it's got action and sci-fi. Okay. So... Uh, number three, I actually picked Voltron, too, so it's kind of weird. Okay. Uh, I would do it as the Lion Force, obviously. But I would set it, like, a thousand years in the future, and Voltron is the new 
guardian of the galaxy. Uh, he's the new defender of the universe. Uh, the enemies would be the uh, with the Drool Empire, or the, you can even go Planet Doom, where they did in the comic books. So, right. and that's that's what I would keep it as more along the lines of the classic cartoon and the classic comic. Sure, just follow those storylines. Yeah. Just put it in live action form. Yeah. Um, the reason why Voltron made it kind of lower on my list was just because it was hard for me to to visualize exactly how it would look without making it too cheesy looking. No, no. But it could be done. It could be done. It yeah. could be done. It's just it was hard for me to visualize that. Right. So my number three was Robotech. Okay. Again, which, another big robot. Yeah. So in the series, Robotechnology refers to scientific advances discovered in an alien starship that crashed on the South Pacific Island. With this technology, Earth developed robotic technologies such as transformable mecha to fight uh, three successive extraterrestrial invasions. Okay. So that's the basics behind it. My Robotech would be like Top Gun meets Transformers. Okay. So because you have the piloted, you know, they're they're in aircraft. You sure. Know, they yeah. look like jets. Yeah. And so you got the Top Gun fight, you know, dogfighting style stuff yeah. going on. But then you got Transformers because they transform into these robots. Turn it into Battle of the Planets. No, this was Robotech, dude. This, oh, sorry. This is, way Ro- this is Robotech. This is how it worked. I know. Um, but you had these pilots and, you know, so that's why I feel like making it kind of like Top Gun where it's like very formalized Were military. They flight school? Yeah, formalized mm-hmm. military. Well, that, they did do that. Yeah, so, I know. So, and, but then they transformed these robots that do battle and everything else. But again, I'd make it, like you were saying, I'd make it just like the cartoon. Yeah, follow that. I wouldn't make it look like the Transformers live action movie where you got all, I got to figure out where all these pieces would realistically fit. I don't care about realistic yeah. stuff. I'm dealing with robots that transform into planes. I mean, yeah, we're good. Yeah. So, so that would be my number three. All right, number two for me is actually going to be Mask. How I would do it here is the vehicles would actually, how they morph and they change into different things, would actually be like the Transformers, how they transformed really slick and cool and sleek. Right. I like that. But I would actually uh, set it in the past. Okay. Like when Mask originally came out, like in the 80s and mid-80s. And it would be the vintage uh, vehicles that they use, like the uh, 87 Camaro or whatever that Matt Tracker had. That's what it would be. Okay. And they were actually going to fight Venom. Uh, so I would have Miles Mayhem versus Matt Tracker. Right. Uh, and they would be set up in Nevada, USA. The headquarters is going to be that Boulder Hill gas station, right. the old abandoned gas station. Yep. So that's actually going to be their headquarters in, in the desert in Nevada. And that's how they would be with their... With their masks on, their secret masks, they would have the ability to you know, shoot the blasts out and do the different things they did in the cartoons with the mask. But with them off, they're just regular Joes, regular guys. Gotcha. Okay. Um, my number two, uh, kind of a surprising entry, maybe uh, maybe even more surprising than the Inhumanoids. Strawberry Shortcake? No. <laughs> uh, sectars. Okay. Thought about it. Yeah. Uh, so the premise was that somewhere in space, somewhere in time, exists a planet called Symbian, where a genetic experiment fails and it changes all these guys into these insect yeah. insect uh, hybrid things and they can bond actually with they telebond with other insects that are actually intelligent on the planet and they have this special ability that they share with uh, they can relate with pleasure and pain with each other so because of the basis behind that I figured if I was to do it I would make it so much like an avatar movie okay because I know you haven't seen avatar yet which I don't know why but you haven't but they have a connection to their beasts also. They actually have these tendrils that they connect to the tendrils of, of the beasts. Okay. So they can bond with them also. So I was like, I also, li- I also like the idea because Avatar created this whole world 
But you wouldn't do a live action sectar, just a no. I do a live action sectar. Okay, but I would do it with a lot of CGI, just like Avatar did. Okay, I wouldn't have to relate it to Earth, which was my problem with the whole Master of the Universe thing. Yeah, I don't need Earthlings coming to there to make it believable, believable or for yeah. people connect to it or anything like that. Yeah. Just create an awesome world. Yeah, Star Wars wasn't on Earth, right? Exactly, <laughs> it just, worked. Just create an awesome world and have these humanoid insect people and everything else, and create a good story behind it. And like I said. And obviously, the big thing is the story. You have to have a good story, regardless of how much CGI you throw in. There. Sure. Yeah. So, so that would be my number two. Okay, uh, number one for me. Um, actually, really no surprise if you've listened to our show, <laughs> uh, Masters of the Universe. I'm shocked. <laughs> Can you be? Uh, actually, I'm going to do it Lord of the Rings style, a three part epic story, which is the way it should be done. And it's going to be done on Eternia, no Earth. It's really going to kind of follow the Mike Young production cartoon. And I'm going to actually follow the way it's set up in the in the three individual no- books, novels, whatever parts, like Star Wars did with the uh, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, right. where we have our first issue, our first story is going to be the backstory of some characters and explain what's going on. The middle section here, the bad guys appear to win, all is lost, and in the last one, uh, we actually the hero wins in the end. Uh, but we're going to get the, the backstory and everybody, and we're going to have a main fight with Skeletor. He looks like he's caught He-Man, and all is lost. And then at the end, he actually defeats He-Man and the Snake Man. We're going to bring the Snake Man in at the end. So I, it's a lot entailed, three different movies, but that's how I would do yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know if I need three movies, but I like the idea. I mean, I like the idea of what you're There's saying. There's so far. much involved. Sure. I need three movies. And this day and age... Because the whole first, like, Mike Young thing, that's going to be the whole backstory of it. Sure. The Council of Elders, you know, Keldor getting turned into hero, explaining the whole King Randor and sure. Keldor being brothers thing. Sure. And then well, when he turns into Skeletor, that's going to be my part two. He's going to take over Eternia, capture the sorceress He-Man's, you know, captured and done for, all looks lost. Uh, number three, he actually gets out, kind of defeats Skeletor a little bit. Skeletor kind of goes away. we got the Snake Mini, kicks their ass. And one big final battle at the end against Skeletor and all his minions after King Hiss is defeated. And the good guys of Masters of the Universe end up defeating Skeldor. Skeldor. Skeletor. Skeldor? Skeldor. I combined them to you. Defeating Skeletor and driving him back beyond the Mystic Wall back to Snake Mountain. Yeah, and like I said, I think it would be awesome. I think it would be really well done in this day and age with franchises. They pretty much do three movies anyways. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it could look great. I kind of like the idea that your second movie is like an Empire Strikes Back where the bad guys won. Yeah, I want to set it up just like that where there's yeah. some intrigue to it. Yeah. Uh, my number one would be Mask. Okay, yeah. We're yeah, almost I doing could... a Mask episode. <laughs> I put it as number two. I, I enjoy it. Mask, which actually stands for Mobile Armored Strike Command. Command with a K. Okay, yeah. They actually battle Venom, which is a vicious evil network of mayhem. Right. They were Miles a, Mayhem. Yeah, they were a hybrid between the cartoons of G.I. Joe and Transformers. Right. How I would do it is very different from yours. Okay. Mine would actually be futuristic. Oh, okay. You wouldn't go um, back in time. But I, mine would be almost like a post-apocalyptic world. Mad, Mad Max? Mad Max style. Yeah, okay. Where they got these vehicles where they attach gun turrets, but they but just like masks, they hide them into a regular looking vehicle. Okay. So you still have a little bit of the Transformers thing there where all of a sudden these guns pop out from places. But you're not going to have an 87 Camaro? Oh, no. I'm still going to have... No, the, the IROC Z, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still going to have the IROC. Because here's the thing. It's a post-apocalyptic world. 
these are the vehicles that are just around. They're left and abandoned. They're okay. left and abandoned. So right. the you know these guys and, and I, like the, I like the <laughs> I like the grittiness idea of that. Is that these guys are like on the wasteland? But, but on the uh, on the cartoon and on the the toy line, they were all pretty colorful vehicles. Sure. Because one was orange, one was bright green, one was yellow, one sure, was red. Sure, but you, you could give it like a treatment to it where it gets gives it that gritty color, but still it's going to be yellow and stuff like that. I don't need the bright and shiny. Okay. Like I said, I just think it would work well for the movie. Cartoons don't always translate well to movie form because yeah. there's some things that are just not believable. Yeah. So I want to make this pretty realistic. Again, none of my movies... Yeah, mine don't have to be believable. Yeah, none, none of my movies <laughs> movie. are geared towards kids. Wow. Well, the thing is, these kids didn't grow up with these Every franchises. one of these are going to be rated R. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Well, the, the kids didn't grow up with these franchises. Right. We did. Sure. So, I'm old enough to go see an R-rated movie. Well, true. So, that's the movie I'm going to make. I actually, <laughs> honorable mention, if I may. Yeah. I actually wanted to do Gem and you the wanted, Holograms. You wanted to make a porno. I wanted to make an adult movie. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> but I left it off. <laughs> yeah. I was going to do Gem as an adult movie. <laughs> um, I still think that would be awesome. But yeah, I just like the idea of a, of a mask. Rock star uh, girl who transforms into another <laughs> and she just blows everybody. That would be awesome. <laughs> She would be truly outrageous. Truly outrageous. <laughs> uh, but I like the idea of, of Mask meets Mad Max. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's that's our episode ten. That's episode ten. I hope we packed enough in there for you guys. Jam packed. Uh, hope you hope you liked it. I loved it. <laughs> so let's uh, give away our information here. Yeah. And actually, before I do that, something you don't even know about. Okay. New contest. Uh oh. New contest. We received. This is not run by the. Powers the be. That's fine. You'll like it, though. Okay. It's an easy contest. Okay. We received from Rock yeah. the G.I. Joe discs. Yes. Where it had every G.I. Joe comic book issue before the IDW run. Yeah, they were badass. They were great. Everything that was G.I. Joe before the IDW run is on these discs. Right. And it comes with a program on the disc that allows you to run it. You can install it. Install it. It's super easy to use and everything else. I was able to make copies of it. Awesome. So I made a copy for you, and yes. made a, I made a copy for myself, and Rock, I still have to mail you back your copies. I'm it's coming. S- I'm sorry. We had a little vacation and everything. It's coming. I'm sorry. So anyways, I'm going to make three more copies. Okay. We're going to give them away to listeners. All right, who nice. En- who enter the contest. What do they have to do? Here's what you have to do. I thought of this. It, you have to go back to an old episode. Okay. You have to go back to the He-Man Masters of the Universe commentary episode. Okay. In that episode... We mentioned a lot of movies by name. Okay. You have to email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com, starjoespodcast at gmail.com, a list of all the movies we named. Every one of them? Every one of them. Ouch. Not the movies that we referred to. So we made certain quotes about movies, but we never said the name of the movie. You have to... Only the the movies that we actually said, said by title. Okay. You have to send that list. There's a lot of them. And you have to get all of them. Okay. Now, if you give us more than what was on the list, that's fine. As long as you ended up with all of the ones that are on the list. Do they know how many is on the list? No, because I don't know how many is on the list yet. we got to go back and count. I have to go back and, and make the list. But when I was listening to that episode, I was like, man, we made a lot of movie references. This would make for a great contest and get people to listen to that episode again. Okay, yeah. Because it was a pretty funny episode. It was, it was hilarious. Go back, listen to the Master of the Universe episode, the movie commentary episode, and as you're listening along, write down every movie title, every movie that we say by title, 
from there, and Masters of the Universe counts as one of them. So we'll give you one. So we'll give you one. So Masters of the Universe is the first one. And then email that to us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. The first three contestants, first three with people, the right answers. with the right answers, I will contact you and we I'll get your address to mail you a copy of those discs. Awesome. And maybe a little something extra. Maybe. Maybe. I might have some comics to throw in there, too. Okay, cool. So... Um, so that's that'll be our new contest. All right, awesome. So, so get cracking and listen to that thing again. Exactly. So let me go ahead and give our information out. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can also find us on the comicforums.com. Or you can just go to starjoes.com, click on the comic Starjoes forum link. Yep. It'll take you right there. Our Facebook link is right there, our too. Our Facebook link's right there. We actually have 47 fans now. We need more, guys. We need more. We're loving the fans. We need some more. You can find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review there. I know there's a lot of people listening, but we only have seven reviews. I would love to see more reviews, and we'll read them on the air. Yeah, so. it helps us. So, uh, yeah, it does help us out. Yeah, and our fa- Facebook fans, we've actually got both men and women, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Love the female community who uh, yep. love the same properties we do. Absolutely. And uh, OU812 is uh, Twittering. He's tweeting like He's a mofo. Tweeting. And we have 20 people following him on Twitter. Awesome. And now, thank God, Facebook actually has it set up that your fan site can receive the Twitter feed. Yes, I saw that, yeah. So you might see those on our Facebook fan site as well. Yeah. So and We've uh, had a couple of listeners post some uh, nice YouTube clips and uh, top ten lists on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So that was awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Hey, it's your, it's your guys' page, too. If you guys want to post stuff, go right ahead. Just post whatever Feel you want. Feel free. Yeah, Absolutely. You can find us on the comic forums. The great thing about that is we're on there every day. Yeah, I just posted a bunch of new stuff for San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. which is going to be pretty soon. And you can get live answers from us in a lot of cases, or you can just chat with us, or you can ridicule Chuck. I don't mind. Yeah, I'm uh, there. <laughs> so I do it. You should do it, too. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> Chuck even does it. So. I do it to myself. But, yeah, so, and then the most important way to contact us right now for the contest is to email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. But I, I think that's uh, I think that's everything. That's everything, yeah. All right. So uh, with that, uh, great episode ten. Hopefully, we got another ten to what seventeen more episodes to go. Maybe we'll. Well, it took us about seventeen episodes to get to ten. Yeah. It's, so, when we get to twenty, <laughs> when we get to twenty, we might need to do another seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, great show, Chuck. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing this with me. Not a problem. Always and, happy to uh, come over. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll see you guys again. Very soon, hopefully, and uh, the Force will be with you because... Knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Later. Stay close, Tony, so you don't get lost. Hey, look at that. I can do that. Hey, Mike! Where are you? Mike! Hey, get take it easy. But I lost my brother and... Stay calm. Think. Where did you see him last? Go back there. If he doesn't come back, ask a policeman for help. Hey, it's Alpine and my scared brother. It's not scary being lost if you don't lose your head. <laughs> now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe!